audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. Good morning, church. I want to welcome us back to 1 Corinthians. As a church, we spent the bulk of last year walking through this book, kind of verse by verse, and uh, we took a break for Advent, and I am so excited to jump back in. Um, There has been some things coming out of 1 Corinthians that are just so incredibly relevant to us and so incredibly important, and so I am excited to get back in. Um, What we've seen as we've walked through this book is, is a few big things to kind of get us caught back up as we jump back in. Uh, first is, is that Paul here is writing to this church and he is instructing this church to not listen to the world around them, not listen to the community around them, but to cling to the truth of God and Jesus Christ. And in doing this, that they would cling to each other in unity. So far, these are the two big pillars. Cling to the truth of God, regardless of what your community tells you, and cling to each other in unity. Um, And often through this book, we we had to just kind of stop and realize, wow, we are a lot like the Corinthian church. Wow, our world is a lot like the Corinthian world, the ancient city of Corinth. In In so many places, we're dealing with apples to apples. And uh, it's just been an incredible thing. And by the way, if you've missed anything, I encourage you, um, we have, if you go to our website, you can kind of click the resource tab, and you'll find sermons there. And what we've done is we've organized every one of our sermons that we've ever preached, um, specifically in this book, and they're all organized by the scripture. And so if you missed a certain week, or if you have a a text that you're kind of wrestling with and you'd like to go back, I I want to invite you to use that as as a resource. We'd love for you to take advantage of that. Um, But again, this book has just been so relevant and we get to jump back into it over the next couple weeks. So um, we are going to pick up in, in chapter 12. And before we read this, I want to make a few kind of foundational statements for us to build on. And and this Chapter 12 starts us into a section where we're going to be looking at spiritual gifts. So as we do this, I want to make just a couple of foundational statements. The first is this. You are not a spectator. You are not a spectator in the plan of God. Let me unpack this a little bit because sometimes we can flip this around. Now, when it comes to your salvation... The fact that you were dead in your sins, you were content in your rebellion, you were lost. When it comes to God's work of extending grace and mercy to you, when it comes to God's work in sending his son to die for you, you did nothing to earn that. You did nothing to to make that possible. Our role is simply to respond to the work that's been done. Amen? Amen? Now, on the other side, though, when it's when we're talking about the Christian life, when we're talking about your life in the church, the Bible paints a a picture before us. 
God sets this plan out before us, and in this plan, it is so clear that he has a plan for his people. He has a plan for his church to bring this kind of personal. He has a plan for you, that you are not a spectator in that plan. You are a participant in that plan. And I say this because, think about it like this. We don't simply go to church on the weekend. We come together as the church on the weekend. We don't simply come here and serve at church. We come here and we serve as the church. Those are incredibly important distinctions because here's what that means. The church is not a pastor. The church is not elders and deacons and leaders and staff. And the church is not buildings. It's not programs. Those people and those things, um, if the church, if that's what the church was, then you would simply come and spectate those things. And that's not the picture that God's word paints of the church. My fear is that sometimes if you don't preach or sing, well, I don't really have a role in the church then. That does not hold up in Scripture. When, when, especially in places like this that talks about the unique way that we are designed to serve. If you are here and you have ever felt this way, if you've ever felt, you know what, I don't know how I fit. You know, I hear about this whole mission of God thing, I come to church, but I don't know how I'm supposed to play into that and be a part of that. If that's you, the next several weeks are going to be pivotal for you. My hope, my prayer all cards on the table, is that God would open our eyes to the unique giftings that he has given each one of us. That God would open our eyes to the way he desires to use us. Let me get real specific here. That God would open your eyes to the way Stone Oak Bible Church needs you. It's my prayer, because you are not a spectator. The second foundational pillar before we get into to chapter 12 is that God's plan is about God's glory. God's plan is about his glory, not yours. When we talk about spiritual gifts, uh, when we talk about all the ways that we are a part of his plan, we could swing that pendulum to the other way and start to think that we're the point, that we're kind of awesome. And either we get puffed up because of, look at all the things that God has given me, the way he's equipped me, or we, we uh, get gift envy for the way he's blessed other people. And uh, right up front, it is so important to see here that God's plan is about God's glory. And when God receives the glory, it's for your greatest good. It's so pivotal. So foundational. Here are the two pillars. You are not a spectator, and God's plan is about his glory. You are not a spectator. God's plan is about his glory. So understanding that, would you look with me at chapter 12? Keep in mind, this is a young church. Paul's dealing with a young church about three years old. These are new believers, young in their faith, growing in their understanding. And so Paul says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some of us in this room might be young believers. Uh, if you're a follower of Jesus in this room, you can probably remember when you were a young believer and, and growing in your faith, trying to understand. Paul here is talking to these group of people, and he's concerned with this church, young in their faith. And his desire is that they would not be uninformed about this. 
So church, right up at the beginning, as we step into our time over the next several weeks looking at spiritual gifts, I want to echo Paul. Regardless of how long you have been following Jesus, regardless of how long you have been a part of the church, let us not be uninformed about this. Let us not be uninformed, regardless of your background of spiritual gifts, regardless of your background, regardless of what you walk through this door thinking about spiritual gifts, which we'll talk about some of that later. Let us not be uninformed, because the word of God has much to say. And so continuing on, he says, I do not want you to be uninformed. Verse two, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray by, to mute idols, however you were led. So here Paul is dealing with their ignorance, dealing with the fact that once upon a, once upon a time, they were uninformed. They, uh, they were, he was reminding them of their pagan past when they were led astray, when they were fooled. In other words, he's, he's basically saying in a nice way, don't you dare say that you're too smart to be fooled. Don't you dare say that you've never been led astray. Don't you dare say that you don't need to be informed. Paul reminds him, yes, you do. And if you need proof, just look at your past. Just look at the community around you. Look no further than that. And wow, let that be a reminder to us that as we approach this, if any of us think that we're above being led astray, if any of us think that we can trust ourselves as the ultimate authority, let this just be a reminder to look no, fo- no further than the community around us. And let's just be honest, look no further than our own past. We can be fooled. So let us not be uninformed about this. Instead, let us lean in. This is why it's so important that we are in the scriptures. Paul says here, we are not uninformed. So let's look here in verse three because this is where Paul begins to inform them. Verse 3, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. No one can, can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Paul sets out this foundational criteria here that the foundation is that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, from this context, we aren't sure if this was um, an actual incident in the church where someone stood up and said, Jesus is accursed. Like, we don't know. We, it, I mean, as we read this, you could definitely read it like that. So was this an actual real-life moment here that Paul's referencing, or was this kind of a hypothetical? Um, we don't really know from context, but one thing we do know either way is that the foundational truth of the gospel is that Jesus is Lord. In the same spirit who gives us the gifts that we're about to look at, The same spirit who gives us the gifts that we're about to talk about is the one who points us to that truth. So the giver of these gifts is not going to lead us to make a proclamation against the gospel. So Paul lays that foundation and then we get to move into verse 4. Now listen to this. Now, there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit. Make sure you're following me here. Verse five, there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. Verse six, there are a variety of activities, but the same God. 
who empowers them all in everyone. Now, before we go forward, can we just first acknowledge and see the beauty of how Paul just laid that out? This, um, Paul says, variety of gifts, services, and activities given by the same Spirit, Lord, and God. Let's not miss this because our diversity in the church is rooted in our God. Our diversity in the church is rooted in our God who is three in one. Just think about this. Think about it like this. He could have said that we are given a variety of gifts, services, and activities given to us by the Holy Spirit. That would have been correct. That would have been awesome. That would have been true. But he didn't. Instead, here, he includes each of the members of the Trinity. He includes first the Spirit, then the Son, then the Father. And there is a diversity of gifts in the church. A diversity, and that diversity is beautiful and it is needed. And that diversity is given to us by our God himself, who is three in one. That is just awesome. If you're here in this room, and you've ever thought, you've sat and maybe, maybe you don't think that now, but maybe you've been in a church before, not this one, and you look around and you go, I'm not like any of these people. I just don't think like any of these people. I don't focus on what they focus on. Have you, if you've ever thought that, um, church, rather than that fact making you feel sad or alienated, church, let that fact cause you to worship your God. Our diversity is a part of God's beautiful design. Our diversity, the fact that we're not all the same, is a part of God's beautiful design. If you look around and you think, well, I'm not exactly like everyone else, praise God. Because if we all looked the same, smelled the same, dressed the same, acted the same, we would not be a representation of God's true church. Our diversity is beautiful and it's characteristic of God's plan for his church. So many gifts, same spirit. Many services, same Lord. Many activities, same God. All of this is to praise our God. As we said, God's plan is for God's glory. God is glorified in the diversity of his church because it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Let's look at verse 7 because not only is there a variety of gifts. This one's really important. This is, this is foundation. Not only is there a variety of gifts given to us, given to you, given to me, but these gifts that you're given have a purpose. Verse 7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I want you to notice what this verse does not say. This verse does not say that we're all given gifts for your good, for our own good. That's for your own glory, for your advancement, for your status. Nope. These spiritual gifts in your life are given to you for the common good. For the common good. Uh, A little over a year ago, we did something crazy and weird as a church. Um, we called it the reverse offering. And uh, some of you might remember this, but we literally passed around a bucket, a plate, like an offering, like we were taking up an offering. And in the plate, we had envelopes. 
And as we passed it around, each one of us were to take an envelope, and in the envelope was $20. And some of you are like, well, that's awesome. Let's do that this morning, right? <laughs> um, but we passed around the plate, and the idea behind this was simple. Uh, see, we had set aside money, and we, we had desire to reach out to our community in a way that's kind of unique. And as we prayed about this and as we were praying, what's the best way to use this money? We kept being drawn back to the fact that wouldn't it be great if our church was involved in being a blessing? Wouldn't it be great if it wasn't just a church program, but it was the church people that were going out and being a blessing with this money? And so here we are. We passed the plate and we, um, we, we literally put money into our hands to go out and be a blessing to our community. And um, we gave you a gift in order that you might be a gift, right? You follow me? Now, spiritual gifts are a lot like that. Um, you are given gifts by the Spirit of God not to be used or enjoyed for your own benefit, but to be a blessing, to be a gift. Um, you've been given gifts, not for you, but that you can be a blessing to your church family. Now, I want you to imagine with me if you took that envelope with the $20 bill and then right after that you're like, you know what, I've, I've needed a t-shirt. And right after our service, you're just like, I'm going to Target. I'm going to grab me an awesome shirt with that money. It's going to be awesome. Now, that would have been wrong. I don't even need to tell you how wrong that would have. It would have just felt dirty. It would have felt weird. That's straight up sinful, right? We get that. We get that. But how often do we do that with God's gifts to us? See, the gift was given to be used for a purpose. Your spiritual gifts are given to you to be used for a purpose. They're not given to you to hoard. And they're not given to you to use for yourself. They are given, as this verse says, for the, what, for the common good. That is huge. I remember a time, it was a few years ago, and um, I was talking to a lady who was upset. She wasn't able to find a local church. And, and I was just talking with her, she couldn't find a church family, and I wanted to share the reasoning for why she couldn't find a church family. Her reasoning for this was because she had the spiritual gift of discernment. Now what that means is that when she would go to a church and she would be able to see black and white, see through things, and there was always things that didn't set right with her. She just discerned something, you know, there was always something that she couldn't get behind, she didn't like. She had this gift that she said of discernment that caused her not to be content with any church. But so she went from church to church and couldn't find the right one. Um, for a moment, would you consider what I just told you? And you don't say this out loud, but can you see the problem? This woman was using her spiritual gift for her own good. Period. For her own good. Not for the common good but for her own good. Not to be discernment for the church, but to be discernment against the church. That's what 
was going on. Instead of discernment driving her to be used for the good of the church, it was driving her to run from the church. In other words, God, it's like God gifted her to be the eyeballs, and she would walk into a church that she saw was blind and go, I'm out. That's what was happening. In essence, this woman was wandering around from church to church, looking for the church that needed her the least. That's a weird one. Just going, Lord, send me to a place that doesn't need me. Instead of settling in to churches that needed her the most. Now, before we just start hurling stones, can we just take a moment to realize how often we do this? This woman is a little bit of a caricature of what we do so often when it comes to the church. Um, Your gifts, the way God has designed you and equipped you, are intentional. And his plan is that you use them not for yourself, but for the people in this room, for your church, that the church may be complete and lacking nothing. It's not for your glory, it's for his. It's not for your good, it's for their good. Listen, we're talking about spiritual gifts over the next couple weeks, and and it's kind of, there's a lot of... um, disagreements that can happen with spiritual gifts. But I have found that 99.99999% of the problems or disagreements can be boiled down to one thing, selfishness. Selfishness. Either we're using the spiritual gifts for our own glory, pursuing our own glory through the gifts that were given to us to be his glory, or we are using them for our own good. Pursuing our own purposes through the gifts that were given for their good, for the common good, that the church may be whole and complete. So Paul here is saying, look, I don't want you to be uninformed. The gifts that God has given you, the gifts that God has given you are for his glory and for their good. The gifts that God has given you, church, are for his glory, not yours, and for their good, not yours. For his glory, for their good. Let us fight the tendency to hoard our gifts or to misuse them selfishly or to run from a church who needs you. Which, by the way, this is, side note here, this is why it's so important that you are connected to a local church. How can you be used for their good if there's no there? If you're not connected to a local church, you need to be for your good, for our good, for for the church's good. Because this is the way it was designed by God to work. It's impossible to use your gifts for the good of the church if you've removed yourself from the church. It's impossible. If you've secluded yourself from brothers and sisters that you are gifted to bless, you need them and they need you. Hear me. You need them. There's people in this room that have gifts that you need, and they need you. You have gifts that people in this room need, 
And this is the way God has uniquely created us to function. Our um, rugged American individualism falls apart when we consider the gifts of the Spirit. You are not a spectator to God's plan. You're a part of the family, a part of the mission. Now, Paul is now going to um, list out some of these gifts. And I want to say this up front. This is by no... It's not his intention that this is kind of an all-inclusive list. This doesn't list out all of the ways that God gifts the church. In fact, there's several lists like this all throughout Scripture. But here Paul is going to begin to list some of the ways that the Spirit has gifted the church. So let's look at this in verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another faith, by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So here in this list, we have wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretation. And notice with me, church, a... Uh, because this is really important. There's a phrase that is repeated all throughout this, this verse 8 and 9 and 10. All throughout it. The same spirit. The one spirit. So we have one spirit, many gifts. And this is made really clear in verse 11. Look at this. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit apportions to each one individually as he wills. All of these gifts, every one of them, are not based on human ability. They're not based on merit of any kind. Instead, these gifts are empowered by the one and the same Spirit. Diversity of gifts, same Spirit. Again, for the glory of God and for their good. I don't want us to miss this, this last phrase. Look at this. Who apportions? to each one individually as he wills. Um, I grew up in a faith tradition, um, a church that would see some of these gifts as being more important than others. Uh, I grew up in a background, and I remember seeing so much discontentment in, in my church family because there's always this pursuit of certain kinds of gifts as this kind of status symbol. In, in the church. And at times, I really was, I remember even when I was young, just feeling kind of strange because I felt like it was, we were worshiping the gifts rather than the giver of the gifts. I mean, we just pursued those gifts growing up. Um, now, follow me, because as I got older, I, I um, helped start a church that was from a different faith background. Um, they view things just a little bit differently because instead of pursuing these gifts, um, this faith community seemed to run fast from them. Just bail. I'm gone. Things are about to get kooky and crazy. I want no part of the confusion that's about to happen. Talk about a whiplash for me. So it wasn't a status symbol for this church. It was kind of unneeded. I mean, unneeded, and when it's talked about in the Bible, let's just deal with that tenderly, right? And so it was a bit of a culture shock for me, and 
this verse provided me with so much comfort and joy in church. This verse provided me with so much balance. Listen to this. Let me just read it out loud again. Who apportions to each one individually as he will. So if you hear that, the Spirit of God, God himself apportions. This is the word that you would use if you were a wealthy landowner and you were going to divide it all up and divvy it up. That's what the Spirit of God here is doing, just dividing it all up, handing it to each one individually to us in Christ. And how does he do it? I love this. The text says, as he wills. As he wills. This text so perfectly destroys our gift envy. This text so perfectly destroys our gift worship. This text so perfectly destroys our gift neglect because this text reminds us that it is God himself who divides these gifts up and distributes them as he wills. That is incredible. These gifts are given for his glory, for their good, and now we see that they are a part of his plan. Church, if we can get that and wrap our minds around that, as we continue to look at spiritual gifts, this will protect ourselves against both abuse of spiritual gifts and neglect of spiritual gifts. Both do not bring him glory and both do not do each other any good. We're going to instead be able to look at these gifts with balance. And I want to finish with this today. Um, Listen, since these gifts are given to us for his glory, not yours, church, use them. Use them for his glory. If you're here and you are not using your gifts in this church, it's time to lean in. It's time to lean in. And I'm not saying this because I need you. I'm saying this because we need you. We need you. It's time to lean in. God has created you and equipped you for this. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You're a part of a family, and you are uniquely designed to serve it. And since these gifts are given to you for their good, not yours, church, let's put them to use for each other. Let us not grow tired and weary of doing good. If you're here and you aren't serving anyone right now, let's change that. If you're here and you're not serving anyone, there's no excuse for that because you're created for that. Lean in. Who and how are you serving? Let me ask you this. Is Stone Oak Bible Church a better and more healthy church because you are in it. Because God's design for you is that the answer to that question would be yes. His design for you is that you would come and you would make our family a more healthy and loving and diverse and God-honoring church. That's the plan.
Church, we have all that we need in our church to accomplish all that God has set before us to accomplish. And guess what? When we approach something that we, another thing that God's calling us to, he's going to bring more people to accomplish that mission. But right now, we have everything that we need to accomplish everything that is before us. And we can trust God that that is always going to be true. So let us trust him and put our gifts to use. And I know there might be some of you, many of you, who might be hearing this and going, you know what, that's awesome, that's good, but you have no idea what your gifts are. If I were to ask you, how has God gifted you? There are probably many of us in this room that said, I have no idea. I have no idea. Church, I want to to invite you to something. Um, We are in a few weeks, or over the next several weeks, we're going to be digging in a lot to spiritual gifts. Um, But along with that, I want to invite you to something else. Uh, We are having our next seminar as a church. Um, what a seminar is, is we just take a moment, we kind of go deeper into an issue of either just a real practical issue or a theological issue, and it's just our, our time as a church to come together and do some things that we, aren't, we don't really have the time to do on a Sunday morning. And so we're excited for these seminars where our next one coming up is on February 4th and 11th. And this seminar is going to deal specifically with spiritual gifts. Specifically with spiritual gifts. Not only are we going to talk about spiritual gifts, but we are going to get really practical about who God created you to be. We're going to get really practical how God has created you to be a part of the body. My hope is that through the next several weeks that we as a church better understand how we are created and designed to function together. That's my, that's my hope, that our church is, is healthy, not because of me, but because of us, for his glory, for the common good. So I want to invite you to be a part of that. Registration's already open. So if you want to register for that, um, you can go to stonewickbible.com slash register and um, sign up to be a part of that. I cannot wait. It's two weeks, so we're going to just kind of go fast, go hard for two weeks, all right? Um, and we're going to do it on Sunday morning right before our service. So, so hopefully that'll fit into our schedules as well to where we, we're able to make this happen. So that's coming. I hope you're able to be a part of that because listen, the church, our church, your church needs you. And if you're wondering if I'm talking about you, I am. We need you. And you've been equipped for this, for his glory, for our good. And I just... As we turn our focus to spiritual gifts over the next few weeks, I just pray that God would lead us and show us the way that he desires to use us for his glory and for their good. Let me pray for us as we close. Lord, we are, we are humbled to even consider the great love you have for us. It's overwhelming. I think of the way you demonstrated your perfect love for us, making us yours, making us your children, giving us forgiveness, and reconciling us through Jesus Christ. And now as your word says, not only do you love us and forgive us and save us, but Lord, your word tells us that you equip us and that you desire to use us. And this is overwhelming even to consider. 
We are loved, saved, forgiven, and equipped to be used for your good and for your glory. And now I ask specifically, God, that you would begin to reveal in our hearts the gifts that you have placed in us. And I pray that you would begin to move in us to use those gifts for your glory, not our own, and to use those gifts for their good, not our own. Lord, would you help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.